welcome to Dependus Belaining, the podcast. I am Jen. Hi, Jen. I'm Veronica. Hi, Veronica. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Again. We're here. Well, thank you. I didn't know where I was. I just opened my eyes and here I am stuck in front of a microphone and headphones on my head. And I was like, what do I do? But you cleared it up for me. Move thank you. your lips. Just move your lips, make the sounds come out, and the people will listen. Yes. Yes, you should be listening. I hope you're listening every week. That's what week. we're hoping for. Yes. Because we're here for you every week for a new episode. Yeah. Let us know if you're listening right now. Right now. Just send us an email at dependusbleeding at gmail.com or leave a comment on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Let us know that you're listening. And if you like the podcast, you can rate us, give us five stars, and subscribe, and leave us a comment on your listening platforms as well. We want to hear it all. Make sure you check us out on the Milso Muster app. Yes, please. Subscribe monthly for $4.99 to Milso Plus. And you will get us and some other podcasts that are on there too, military-related. I just saw she did add a new podcast that's called The Stay-at-Home Profit. And um, sounds pretty good. So you have to... remote work oh. that's something else that you can uh listen to yeah. get some good advice with as well um also just so you know you should go check out the milso muster instagram she just posted up that there is a secret santa that they're going to do and um yes she's got all the info on there on how you can join Quite. uh look it up on instagram find the details i think you can email her all that fun stuff so if you're into that, get on it. If you're into that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Jen. Thank you. Yeah. So how's it going? Um, it's going. It's been a week. Yeah. It's been a long week. It's like the first, it's like the first full week of school mm-hmm. that I've had in a few weeks now. So like, if, I feel like every week in the last few weeks has been at least like one day here, two days off for the kids, so. Oh, did you work today? I did. I worked oh. every day. Oh, uh, it's okay. really nice. I don't have to work when the kids are not in school, so anytime yeah. they're off, I don't have to be there. So. Nice. It's good, but also kind of crappy because I kind of want to get training done too, but they're like, sure. no, you're not supposed to be here, so. Okay. Sure. Fine. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I'm here. I don't have a job. You're supposed to be moving soon, so. Yeah, well, we're still waiting on hard orders. We're waiting on that appeal that I discussed a few episodes ago. Still waiting on that shit. We got it all sorted. We got all the paperwork we needed to appeal. Feeling confident. And um, we're just waiting for our gaining base to send us the signed form we need so we can get our hard orders so we can schedule all our stuff to get done so we can schedule a flight that doesn't look like we'll be leaving when we expected but that's okay we're staying patient i'm not staying mm-hmm. patient i'm not going to lie i can't <laughs> be patient right now like i <laughs> i have so much to do and it all depends on when we can get scheduled out so i can start mm-hmm. really organizing all this stuff cuz you should see this room right now jen it's exploding with stuff that it's like, do I keep this? Do I not? Do I donate this? Do I need to pack this up? Does this need to go in the household goods shipment? <sighs> I can't take it anymore. I can't. Yeah, I don't blame so, you. Yeah. So we're just waiting. It's just the waiting game. Everybody loves that game, right? Hurry up and wait. <laughs> Hurry up and wait, says the military. Mm-hmm. Always. Um, yeah, other than that, I don't have anything going on. It just um, Kyle is on eight hours now, so he works Monday through Friday. Eight hours, so he gets to be home every night. And every night, I have to cook dinner. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not used to that because it was, Mm -hmm. you know, every other night. Because he worked 24 hours, and then the kids and I would just have, like, a sandwich or cereal for dinner (laughs) or scrambled eggs. But now it's like, he comes home and he, like, expects me to feed him. (laughs) 
I'm like, what do I look mm-hmm. like to you? A housewife? <laughs> I don't think so, sir. Yeah. Get your story Sorry, that's straight. not what you signed up for here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I got to do that. And oh, on top of that, all my other wifely duties, when do I get to sit on my butt and do nothing? Mm. Tomorrow. That's when. Okay, because, good. Yeah, because as soon as we're done recording, I was like, oh, I'm going to get a good workout. And I was like, you know what? I've worked out all week. I don't think so. I'm going to take today to clean so tomorrow I don't have to do anything. So tomorrow I can work out and then sit on my butt and do nothing and there watch, I don't know, keeping up with the Kardashians, I guess. <laughs> it's on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's nothing else to watch. I'll watch that. That's fine. Yeah. I feel bad something. about myself. Um, if you haven't watched it yet, it's super cheesy and super corny. It's like one of those cheesy hallmark movies but on netflix is operation christmas drop um so i did watch it okay Um, good and like i mentioned before we lived on guam and it was very very nostalgic seeing uh everything on there seeing the sites and be like oh i've been there i was there we used to live right by there or something you know um especially when they showed the chamorro village i was like oh man we used to go on wednesdays all the time. They're probably not doing it now because COVID. But we used to go on Wednesdays all the time and get food and just look around and look at all the little stands. So it was really nostalgic to see it. I really enjoyed yeah. that part. The movie I didn't like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Eh. I was like, it's Hallmark. It's cheesy. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever. Yeah. But I mean, it was cool. It was cool to watch. I liked it. Cool to see. See all the sights again. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's yep. awesome, I know. Yeah. And as you all know, because you probably have listened to the episode, we talked about Operation Christmas Drop and the it's the longest standing humanitarian mission that they still have. And they mm-hmm. continue to do there on Guam. It also includes Japan, too, but the movie was on Guam. So cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did think it was funny how they had the congresswoman and it was like a this is all they're doing. Like, let's shut the base down. And I was like, yeah. laughing. I was like, lady. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, it's Dave, so mission Dave essential. Had, yeah, I know. Dave had a lot of things to say during that movie. He's just like, right? what is he wearing? And like, oh, yeah, like <laughs> right. she really has any authority to close down a base. And like, oh. yeah, let's like, close it down. I was like, whoa, lady, you can't just close it down. You know, the the current base we're at here in the UK has been closing down for like 10 years now. Yeah. And it, guess what? We're still here. We, it's not closed. <laughs> it's not going to close anytime soon. Mm-mm. And now they're saying uh, Spengdalem, which is in Germany, is going to close. And I was like, no, it's not. It's not going to close. We'll see. Yeah, we'll whatever. See that. <laughs> so <laughs> it makes me laugh. Yeah. They're like, she's like, close it down. And I was like, Wah! lady you don't even know (laughs) i love pointing out all those things um in in like movies or or shows like that where it's like they're representing the military i was like you got it all wrong and i know a lot Mm -hmm. of it has to do with um oh my gosh what did what did kyle call it we were watching i can see your voice have you seen that show it's on hulu and it's Mm -mm. like these people that come out lip syncing and they have to guess whether that is their real voice or not. And they're all oh. good voices. So some of them are really bad singers. Some of them are not. Or they're, they're, they're good singers. And there was somebody on there. What did he call? Oh, Stolen Valor. It was a woman who was in the Air Force. That's what they said. That's how they introduced her. She had her ABUs on, which is Air Force. However, she had like... Um, tan boots on. I don't think you can wear the tan boots with the ABUs. No, I think I it think has to be. It'd be green, right? Yeah, and then but her patches were fucking ridiculous, Jen. She had like army patches on her ABUs, and then they introduced her as like a first sergeant. And I was like, whoa! I was like, come on. What? Kyle's like, that is stolen valor. <laughs> it's like she wasn't even in the military, and <laughs> she had ABUs That's on. Weird army patches with an army rank. It's like this lady's banana sandwiches. Yeah. Strange. Oh, funny. Yeah. Oh, the things you learn. And then I was reading a book not too long ago, and one of the characters had a father who was an officer in the Marines. And she, and then I was like, okay, cool. Like, he was a general. And then later on in the book, she states my that her, her father hadn't even graduated high school. 
that he never graduated high school or got a college education. I was uh, like, oh. Uh, and it ruined the entire book for me. Yeah. Ruined it. And I left a, a, a review. I was like, you got it wrong. I was like, do your research. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I was like, you this. can't do that. Yeah. I was like, you can't be an officer without having an education. You can't even be in the military anymore without having an education. Yeah. Like, you can't even get in with. No, uh, even just a high school without a high school diploma. Like, yeah, how are you supposed to be an officer without a high school diploma? <laughs> let alone a no bachelor's degree either. Come on, yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Oh, it was funny. Come on, people. Anyways, that's funny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Jen. Bummer. Do you want to get down to business? I am so ready for your story. So, it's short. But it's scandalous. Um, I don't know if you ever heard it, but so I am going to talk about today about the Dover mortuary scandal. Have you heard of it? Have you heard of the no. mortuary scandal? Okay. No. So I got most of my all my information from a few articles from the Washington Post, Wikipedia, and the Democratic Underground. So I will get right into it. The okay, so the Dover Mortuary, it's um Air Force Mortuary Affairs Operation or AFMAO is a US Air Force Mortuary Affairs unit located in the Charles C. Carson Center for Mortuary Affairs at Dover Air Force Base in Dover, Delaware. So AFMAO combines the functions of both Air Force Mortuary Affairs and Port Mortuary and was historically known as Dover Port Mortuary. Mortuary sounds is really hard for me to pronounce. Mortuary. It sounds like I'm mumbling. <laughs> so the, this houses the United States' uh, only port mortuary, and it's the largest under the Department of Defense and the only Department of Defense mortuary located in the continental United States. So the mortuary, the, what this is, is like that's where they come in through when they bring in the bodies of, of fallen troops, right? So the mortuary staff prepares the remains of U.S. service members as well as government officials and their families stationed abroad in Europe and Southwest Asia. The remains of those who have died in theater arrive via aircraft in transfer cases which are aluminum cases, aluminum cases, not coffins. Um, but, I mean, you can tell what it is. And they yeah. do arrive with um, the stars and stripes draped over. So they are met by a team who then transfer the remains from the ramp of the aircraft to a mortuary vehicle. It's not a ceremony, but it is done in an almost ceremonial manner. So it's a dignified transfer. That's what they call it. So they're met by these teams of um, people, um, troops, that are dressed just in their regular uniform, but they are wearing white gloves to in order to transfer them. So it's all done very somberly, ceremoniously, but it's not an official ceremony, I guess. Uh, they So they're met with, like, salutes and are sometimes... The families are there, and sometimes, in some cases, the president or vice president um, is also present. And so they then take them to get prepared for their final resting place. Now, unfortunately, these brave men and women don't always make it home entirely or in one piece if they have died in, like, um, if they're KIA, right? Killed in action. So many times the transfer cases contain only a few remains that may have been recovered. Uh, this is all done in a dignified manner in order to respect the lives that have been lost. But in 2009, while technicians at Dover Mortuary took inventory of the remains in a walk-in refrigerator, so what happens is when they come in and just remains, they put them in like sealed plastic bags and they keep them in the refrigerator um, just until they are ready to be buried. So a lot of times it's like that's all they have is just a certain body part or they're waiting yeah. for the rest to come in or in hopes that something else will come in. Yeah. So while they're doing this inventory, they notice things don't look right. A sealed plastic bag that had uh, was supposed to have like a shattered ankle 
from a, sol- a soldier killed in Afghanistan. It was empty. They had the bag had been stored in the refrigerator for like seven months, seven months earlier, and they noticed they had a it had a slit on the bottom of the bag, and the remains were not in the bag. So about the same time, supervisors learned that a similar problem had occurred three months earlier when two plastic bags containing body parts were also found in the same manner there as a cut at the bottom of the bag and there was no pieces, no remains in the bag. And uh, in that incident though, technicians found what they believed were the missing remains in trays on storage racks underneath those bags. So they found those remains just laying in these trays underneath the storage bags where they were supposed to be in. What? Yeah. So another empty plastic bag was found in July of 2009. And missing was a four-inch long piece. I'm really sorry if this is triggering for anybody. Um, I'm just reading off what I read on this article. So I apologize if it's too graphic for anybody. Um, missing was a four-inch long piece of flesh recovered from an F-15 fighter jet crash in Afghanistan where two airmen um, died and the medical examiners weren't certain to whom the missing um, body part belonged to and it was never located. So once it was missing from that bag, it was never located. Um, So another problem surfaced in January 2010 when a Marine, Sergeant Daniel M. Angus, uh, was killed by a roadside bomb in Afghanistan, and he was taken to the mortuary. Um, his body was shattered from the waist down, but his family did want him to be buried in his dress uniform. So those were the wishes of the family. The morticians really, really tried to honor, but they were unable to put his uniform on um, or mm-hmm. fit him in the coffin because a section of his arm was sticking out um, after trauma that he suffered during the explosion. So uh, it made it really hard for them to dress him and place him in the coffin. So the report from the Office of Special Counsel said the arm was fixed at a 90-degree angle and could it couldn't be moved into alignment during the embalming of him. So they they didn't tell the family this. So a mortician was ordered to saw off the bone and place it in a bag in the casket. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, Some technicians at Dover objected saying that it amounted to mutilation and the family should have been consulted, but they were not consulted. They were not. So they could, I mean, Mm. if that was our only solution. I mean, when you're messed you're messing with somebody else's, you know, somebody else's family member with that. I feel like you should at least, like, inform the family, like, hey, if you really want this, this is what has to be done. But I need you yeah. to, I need your consent for that. I need your consent. Yes. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think, I don't know if there's any way of saying it in, in such a manner where it's not going to hurt your soul because they're already right. in the morning, you know. But it's like, yeah. the, we need to make some adjustments in order to to fulfill your request and to be able to fit him in the coffin. Right. Yeah. So, um, like we said, it it was argued that there was nothing wrong with what was done as they were trying to honor the family's request. So maybe if they, maybe there wasn't anything wrong. Maybe it's some sort of practice that they normally do. However, they didn't inform the family and I think that should have been the right thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, of course, an investigation is now being done after whistleblowers brought all of this up. The Air Force's handling of this situation stopped just short of accepting accountability, and they tried to make it the Air Force, or they tried to make, like, the Air Force not look bad. They tried to cover it up, apparently. So, because, you know, they worry about their image. So, one Mm -hmm. mortuary official was untruthful and tried to obstruct the investigation by firing one of the whistleblowers. So, you know, they were trying to cover this up, but you had a whistleblower, and they said, well, let's try to fire him. So, that didn't happen, though. Uh, The Air Force decided not to fire the three mortuary supervisors because, according to General Norton A. Schwartz, the Air Force chief of staff at the time, who was quoted as saying, while their performance did not meet standards... This was not a deliberate act. 
Uh, he also said that the Air Force took into account the emotional stress of caring for the remains of thousands of troops killed in battle. Uh, notwithstanding their faults, this was difficult work, what he said. It is difficult work, I agree. Yeah. However, you should still honor them. These are yes. men and women that have died for our country. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you and your staff have been thoroughly trained on how to handle these situations. And I imagine that I would hope that they get some sort of mental health um, yeah. help. Honestly, that. that's, yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot to put on a person. But I mean, you got into the job, you, you know what you're getting into. But yeah, I hope that they had some, some way to be, have an out of, right. you know, I, yeah. I need a break and I need, to talk to somebody about it, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Schwartz also says that the Air Force was aware of the problem and waited a year to notify the family members of the gross mishandling of their loved mm. one's remains. At first, Schwartz asserted that the Office of Special Counsel had placed certain constraints on the Air Force's ability to notify families, resulting in the delay. Later, he said the Air Force waited until the investigations were complete so that the families could be fully informed. Um, I think they should have still been informed, personally, yeah. and there could have been an ongoing investigation still, but they should have been informed regardless. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. the family should know. Anything that you're doing with somebody's remains, the family needs to know, at least. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um... So it feels as though the Air Force was more invested in protecting its image than it was to properly inform families and, you know, protect them from these this harsh news later on in life in this manner. So uh, in addition to the missing body parts, two other whistleblowers allege that the mortuary kept sketchy records and endangered public health by improperly handling a corpse that was thought to be infected with tuberculosis. It doesn't say how they improperly handle it, like if it was, um, like if they didn't follow the guidelines to handle a, a patient with tuberculosis or they, it was yeah. just mishandling it in an appropriate manner. So mm. it didn't say, I couldn't find anything on that. Uh, so they also complained that the mortuary permitted an army hospital in Germany to, sh- to ship fetal remains in uh, reused cardboard boxes back to the U.S. for burial instead of in the aluminum transfers. So that one really hurt my heart for these families that they're, they're little babies in cardboard boxes instead of yeah these transfers so that really that's not hard. that's not okay that's not okay i mean mm-hmm. no that's just that's terrible come on people have a heart i know so the air force inspector general confirmed many of these facts in complaint um in the complaints and documented a pattern of gross mismanagement, but the inspector general determined that there was not enough evidence to prove the three supervisors had personally personally broken any regulations. So, as a result, the supervisors received basically a slap on the wrist. Colonel Robert mm, H. Edmonds, wow. who, yeah, um, who at the time Edmonds, who at the time served as mortuary commander from January two thousand nine to October 2010, was issued a letter of reprimand, which is an LOR, as we know. I guess this is like a career-ending punishment for an officer, but he is still on active duty, but he was reassigned to something else. Uh, So pretty much everyone involved in this was just moved around to another area of the mortuary or relocated to a different assignment. Quentin R. Randy Keel a civilian who served as division director at the mortuary was demoted. He was assigned to another job at Dover and stopped working at the mortuary altogether. So all the, like I said, nobody was fired. Nobody was really like in trouble over what they had done. They just kind of shifted them around. It's like, well, you kind of sucked at your job here. So let's move you over here and see how you do. The office of special counsel, um, 
kind of got mad at the Air Force for like not taking a stricter action. And they noted that investigation concluded Keel had falsified records, tried to fire two employees for cooperating with the probe, and gave a version of events that was wholly inconsistent with the facts. So again, they're trying to hide all these things that were happening and prove the whistleblowers wrong. Um, the Air Force Inspector General concluded that Keel did not, did, or sorry, did the right thing because he was attempting to honor the family's wishes. Again, with attempting to honor the family's wishes, but you should have still informed them of what was happening or what needed to happen. Right, um, exactly. Yeah, to avoid these things later on. So, yeah, protecting yourself as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It makes you think, like, what else have they gotten away with? <laughs> yeah. Right? Ew. So let's fast forward to March 2017. Uh, Branch Chief William, I'm really sorry, I'm going to try my best to pronounce this, Zwickarowski, Zwickarowski, let's go with that, who was one of the whistleblowers back in 2009, is mm-hmm. now in hot water when a team of Pentagon inspectors were visiting, um, they were visiting the mortuary, right? Seeing how everything's running, and he's, like, showing them around. It just so happened at that time that American hero, Marine pilot, and astronaut John Glenn was being stored. And I hate, I'm really sorry, I hate to use that term, stored, but he was being stored at the Dover mortuary. Glenn died December 6th of uh, 2016 at the age of 95. Just, he was in pretty good health. He just, you know, natural causes. His wife wanted to wait for his burial to coincide with their wedding anniversary in April. So when the um, inspectors were there, (laughs) Zwickarowski offered them a peek at Glenn's embalmed body. The inspectors declined, but they ratted him out. They're like, that was not right. He offered to he offered for us to take a little peek at John Glenn, and that's not right. Um, no administrative action was taken against uh, Zwykrowski, um, and, but he re- and he retired, so nothing would happen. He thinks that the Air Force was out to get him, that he didn't oh, do God. anything. He says that he didn't do anything wrong, that they were there. There were inspectors from the Pentagon, and he was showing them around. And like, this is how we run things. This is how this happened. And it just so happened that John Glenn was there and he was going to show them the work. Like, this is how we embalm. This is how we're preserving him until April. This is his claim, right? So, but he says that because he was one of the whistleblowers from 2009, that they had a target on his back. So, I don't know. I don't know about that one. (laughs) So, let me rewind it back to the early 2000s when the cremated remains of fallen troops were mixed with medical waste and dumped in a Virginia landfill. Yes. What? Yes, Jen. This is awful. So the early 2000s, right, we all know that after 2001, things got really crazy in Afghanistan and Iraq, and they were just, you know, our our troops were just coming in way too rapidly. And um, so I guess... This was a practice, maybe? I don't know. There was a case where a, a, a war widow claimed that the army had denied her a new job in retaliation for revealing to the Washington Post that a member of Congress at the Dover Mortuary had secretly dumped some of her husband's incinerated remains in a landfill. So this went to court. Um, she, the widow, was considered a whistleblower, right? Because she wanted action against the army for what they had done. So she was considered a whistleblower and she was going to bring, you know, um, recognition to this. The Mm -hmm. army tried to justify their actions. The army, um, an army lawyer argued in the legal briefings that the widow, uh, her name is Garilyn Smith, Uh, She should not be classified as a whistleblower because the landfill disposal did not violate regulations and was not necessarily an undignified practice. (laughs) Okay. Um, what? Yeah. Like, she wasn't really bringing any, um, any alerts to what was happening because it was, it it was like a thing. It was a thing and it was okay. It's just fine to dump people's remains Mm -hmm. in the, in the dump. 
That's what they claim. So the judge, of course, <laughs> ruled in favor of the widow and chastised the army, saying it, quote, should not or it should be disabused of the notion that a landfill is a dignified resting place for the remains of a U.S. Army soldier who gave his life in the service of his nation, end quote. Uh, Smith's husband, Sergeant First Class Scott R. Smith, was killed in a bomb by a bomb in Iraq in 2006. It took her four years to find out that some of his body parts were not buried with his casket and instead ended up in a landfill. So I guess this might have been Terrible. a common practice for like body parts that showed up maybe after burial or before, and they were never determined who they belonged to. But this sort of practice ended in 2008. But then we have the thing where the, like, the remains go missing. So Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to end it here. And I found this really lovely post by a, yeah, by a gentleman by the name of Dennis Donovan on the Democratic Underground. He was one, he is one of the, or was one of the people that, um, it's a casket team is what he referred to it. It, He was one that like would welcome these, um, troops home after they had been, um, KIA. Uh, so I'll just quote a small excerpt that I found from his little, I guess it was like a blog. Um, from the outside, the most egalitarian place in America is a military transfer case. They all look exactly the same, an aluminum box covered with the American flag. We didn't know their names, rank, race, ethnicity, gender, religion, sexual orientation, none of it. All the same, whatever cruel and unfathomable politics had brought all of us to that moment from the killed service member in the box to those of us caring to the occasional elected official who attends to pay respects. There were no politics to be found during a dignified transfer. So I found that really beautiful. He goes on to explain a lot about how they they meet them when the aircraft lands, how they themselves are like, it's like a rapid deploy almost because they're like stationed at, in Washington, D.C., they get um they get on the Black Hawk and go to Dover and meet them at Dover, um and he goes he was the one that I that I read he was like a ceremonial manner but it's not a ceremony it's just a dignified transfer but the families are there they they um don't really make it a ceremony so the families don't feel like they have to be there to mm-hmm. receive their right. their loved ones because they're they are in mourning a lot of them choose to be there but they don't have to so it's really unfortunate. And like I said, you know, I really hope this isn't happening anymore and that our troops coming home are are treated in a more dignified manner and that these people handling them have had proper training in order to handle this. And I hope that they themselves are also getting, you know, the help that they need because the things that they have seen are probably just traumatic and engraved into their brains forever. Um, but then I think too, like at what, at what point do they draw a line and say, well, this is my job. It's just a job, you know, and there's no heart put into it and, um, just, you know, going through the motion sort of thing. So there's like a fine line between feeling it and, and then not feeling, feeling it. So, yeah. Yeah. And that is a, um. One of the scandals from the Dover Mortuary. I did find another one. I didn't read too much into it, but Arlington, Virginia, how some of the um, remains that were buried were not in their proper locations. So I know there was a lot of, this was just a few years. There's, it was a scandal. It was a few years ago where it happened. And it was like, it's a, it was totally different from the Dover Mortuary, but I did come across it where they were just not buried in the correct place. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. Never would you think, you know, I I would never expect a mortuary, um, <laughs> no, I can't even say it, <laughs> a mortuary to be, I don't know, like, that's crazy, that's just crazy to think that you're trusting, you know, these people to take the remains of your loved ones and, you know, take care of them until you're able to do the burial and whatnot and yeah. get everything situated. Never would you think that they would be you know 
messing them with in a way. And to hear mm-hmm. the fact that somebody has taken these parts or just the fact of even taking them out of the bag and then leaving them in a tray below, it's like... Or that they're just missing. Like, yeah. where would you take these pieces? Like, if you're... Why? Uh, yeah. If, like, they're doing them for, like, forensic analysis in order to see... Or, like, a DNA sample or something it's like but you can put it back right can't you like yeah I think so. there has I mean, to be some sort of log and like when you're you're checking out these these items of the refrigerator and looking at them for further inspection to either like see who they belong to or or something it's like there should be a log it's like they can't just go missing these are these were these belong to a human like a soul like they belong to somebody they they still belong to somebody they belong to the family members who are mourning them and this might be the only piece that they have left of them unfortunately it's so 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 awful and i don't i don't know i don't even know how to go yeah. on with that i know that's so horrible and it's just really sad to hear that. I mean, I, I wouldn't want that to happen to anyone, but then especially, like, fallen soldiers who have sacrificed mm-hmm. their lives for the country. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Mm. Mm. Sorry. It was a bummer. It's okay. It was a heavy <laughs> one. It's very heavy on the heart. I know. It's a bummer. Well, I do. I hope that's not really happening anymore. Hopefully they've learned their lesson and... Um, that they have a better system in place to... Yeah. To deal with these situations and... Right. Exactly. Yeah. Honor the those that we have lost. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. All right. It's good to hear. I've never heard of that before, so it's, um, mm. it's interesting. I mean, it's not good to hear, but... <laughs> No. It's interesting to know. Uh, you just never know, I guess. It's sad. Yeah. I think working in a mortuary would be kind of interesting. I would consider it. Yeah. There'd be a lot of... You'd probably come across a lot of interesting stories. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Jen. I want to hear something positive. All right. Bummer over here. You know. We can't leave you all hanging with... um. You know, our true crime stuff. Yeah. True crime and scandals. We gotta we gotta bring you back up. We take you down, we could bring you back up. Yeah. <laughs> we drag you down yeah. with us and then we bring you back up. Yeah. And then yeah. we drag you down again and then we bring you back up. That's what we do. Cause that's what the you know, the military does to us. They get our hopes up and then they drag us back down again. It's true. And they do it again. It's just up and down. It's like a roller coaster of never-ending emotions that I didn't ask for. And there's no Pepto-Bismol in sight. So get ready to shit your pants. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy that. Sitting in shitty pants while your emotions are going up and down on this roller coaster. No end in sight. While your emotions and, oh, it, are everywhere. And then your spouse is deployed on top of that. So you're alone on this roller coaster. There's nobody else with you. <laughs> There's nobody else to help you. Welcome. Nobody else there. Yeah. And then down at the bottom of the roller coaster, like at the line, is your child begging for snacks. Yeah. Yeah. Carrying a pile of laundry. Just wait. Yelling I have at all you. day. I have all day, Jen. I could go on all day about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yelling at you. And then on top of that, you forgot to put on your mask <laughs> oh you forgot your mask so now you have to go back in traffic yeah. all the way in back traffic. 20 minutes yeah guess what you also forgot your dependent id you can't get on base that's where no. your mask is at you so. shit out of luck sorry mm-hmm. yeah and then you finally get a pass and you're on there and then they close the gates because you're on lockdown of some sort mm-hmm. you guys come on let's just move on Move on, please. Oh, good. I know. Sorry, it's the never-ending roller coaster of emotions that the military gives you guys. Sorry. Yeah. We're just trying to lay it out for you, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome, Welcome to the dark side of the dependent yeah. life. You chose it. Yeah, now deal with it. Ch- you chose it. It was your choice. <laughs> yeah. You, you knew it. what you were getting into. Oh my god! I fucking hate when people say that. I hate when people say that. Raise your hand exactly if you exactly what you were doing. 
Yeah, raise your hand if you hate that too. You knew what you were、yeah. doing. You're the one、yeah. that moved away. You knew what you were、yeah. getting into. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. That's well, what I had to say to, to you. Yourself. No. <laughs> okay. Oh. You're like, thanks. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. When are you Welcome to my world.、Me? COVID、yeah. has proven, has shown you all what we have to go through only、yeah. in a, a minor scale. Of,、yeah. You know, not being able to see family and friends and all the. Everything else being broken and canceled in your life.、Right? Welcome to our world. Welcome to our world. When all this stuff is being posted on Facebook by your civilian friends, oh, I can't go to here and I can't visit here. All of us dependents are like, hold my beer, bitch. Watch while I do this with my eyes closed. Right. Yeah. And here we are、yeah. with our smile, complaining into the microphone. Welcome to another episode <laughs> of Complainus Blaining. Complaina? Complainus Blaining? Complainus Blaining. Depend on complaining. complaining. <laughs> <laughs> oh, These dependents be complaining. <clears throat> listen, listen. All day long. That's all we have. That's all I have is complaints right now. <laughs> I don't have anything positive. Any, I don't have a manager to, to talk to. They can't <laughs> fix my problem. I don't get it. Yeah, because you, <laughs> you ordered a solution for your problem on the exchange website. And it's still、oh, not here. It's、fuck. been five、I'm、and a half months. You are. You are fucked. <laughs> you are、yeah. royally fucked, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah All your fucks to give are on that ship,、not. too. <laughs> They are. The ship is lost. The、Bye. ship didn't know where it was going, and it just started sailing. It's like a five year old has taken a board and it didn't、uh, make it. steering the ship. Mm-hmm. It's in circles. It's just going in circles now. It doesn't even realize that it's been there already. That's what I feel、times. like, Jen. We are all flies with one wing missing, so we're all just flying in circles and we don't even realize it. <laughs> we don't even realize it. We're just going around being like, there is that problem again. I'll just solve it when I come around to it. Nope, it's still there. Just keep flying in circles. You keep flying, maybe it'll go away. <laughs> yeah.、Nope. Maybe if I nope, just flap my、back. left wing really hard. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, all right, people. All right, all right. Yes. Yes. We're only human here, okay? This is what we do. <laughs> all right, so. <laughs> so, our real topic for the hour is. Got it. Military spouses clubs. Ooh, Ooh. like clicky ones? Ooh. So, we can get, we'll get to the opinions here. I just have a few short things to add about spouses' clubs, and then we can. So many opinions. Kind of get to our opinions on it. So, love it. So, I got all my information from military.com and militaryfamily.org. Military spouse clubs are usually organized by a board of spouses and operate under a set of bylaws. That the group votes on and approves. The groups are hosted on base with the permission of military officials, but that's where military oversight stops. Everything else is done by the, the club, by the club, and it's governed by the rules that they make for themselves. <laughs> so you, you have board members, just like, you know, everything else. You have a president, you have a vice president, you've got secretary, you've got treasurer, co. Something or another's.、Um, I don't remember all the slang that goes along with it.、Um, this reminds me of, I was telling Kyle this the other day. Have you seen the movie Lord of the Flies? No, I have not. So I can't, I can't really remember all of it in detail, but the gist of it is like an airplane crashes on an island and the survivors are the children and the children start acting like fucking savages and killing each other. Yes,、oh、it's crazy. Yeah, but there's this one scene. <laughs> Where one of the kids, who's like the more like、uh, level headed one, has a, a conch and he's like, I have the conch. Or like when, they have, when he has the conch, he can talk and he goes, I have the conch, only I can talk. And I said that to Kyle the other day. He was like, What? And I explained that to him. So that kind of reminds me of that. It's like the spouses club, they're passing around this, you know, wine cup. I have the wine cup. I have、yeah. the conch. Oh my gosh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll get back to that for sure.、Um, I have opinions that will be broadcasted.、Um, but so,、uh, fun 
Fun fact, the military spouse clubs can be traced all the way back to the Revolutionary War. In fact, Martha Washington herself has been largely viewed as the driving force behind what we now know as the officers' spouses' clubs and family service programs. Oh. So, look at that. History. Um, the social gatherings Mar- Martha spearheaded gave the war-weary wives a chance to connect with others in the same boat and helped with the war effort as well. Much like today's military spouses, they catered their skills towards helping the troops and caring for the ill and the injured. Uh. I don't remember helping the ill and the injured, but I don't know. Maybe. Um, I don't know. But cool. Good job. Look at how long ago that was. That's a fun fact, right? I know. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. That's how the Red Cross got started. Yeah. We should probably talk about that in a later episode. But it was like that. It was like helping the wounded and then like a group of people got started and handing out like barrels of shit with supplies. With shit? With shit. Good shit? Supply shit. Shit supplies? Some good shit. Yeah, no. some shit. Some good shit. Mid shit. Um, so, clubs typically collect yearly membership dues as well as fees for tickets of some of their events. Um, those dues and fees always vary by location, branch. It's up to the discretion of the clubs themselves. Um, they help the club to operate and fund whatever charitable work that they do. So, they always have some sort of charity that they're helping out with as well they'll do Uh. fundraisers and such that help directly with some sort of charity Uh, typically Uh on base sometimes off base it just kind of depends what's out there um so in years past many of these bases have had two clubs one for officer spouses and one for just enlisted spouses Male spouses also often did not feel welcome because, I mean, honestly, military (laughs) spouses are, like, woman-dominant. Like, we really are. There's so many more women. So I can can imagine, like, men not feeling totally comfortable wanting to go to a club with a bunch of women that are... Mark just walked in. In charge. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like Mark, you guys, okay? Like, I totally get it, so... I can see that. But, um, he wears plaid all the time. Like, for real. It's not even fall. Oh, my God. Mark. You can't wear white. Ew. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, those are only just some of the spouses that you'll encounter. Okay, guys? Um, anyway. I'm so... one <laughs> So... <laughs> so, most of this is changing. So, most of the bases... Um, everywhere. I'm assuming that they're including all branches of military if they have separate ones as well. They're now combining officer and enlisted clubs together to be inclusive. So we're not separate and feel like we should judge each other by our husband's rank. Yes, that's right. Yes, so most of combined clubs for male and female of all ranks and making a major effort to Make the male spouses feel more welcome by hosting events that are not aimed only at women. Good yeah, for Mark. you guys. <laughs> yeah. Stop wearing quit flat, dressing. okay? Yeah, quit dressing like a lumberjack. <laughs> Go Come cut down a tree on. if you have to, then. Also, we're saving the planet. You shouldn't be cutting down trees. Mark, <laughs> they're lumberjack ways. Why are you carrying that axe? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can't control myself today, Jen. Oh, it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. (laughs) This is a serious topic, guys. You know, we're just trying to help you. Yeah, Mark, that's serious. (laughs) Really really fun with it, too. So why should you join a spouses club? Uh, The best way to know that you should join a spouses club is if if you're a new spouse and you have no friends and you just want a quick way to meet people that you might like. Yes. Go do it. Um, if you're new to a duty station and you don't know anyone and you just want to get out and do something, do it. Because you never know who you'll meet. You never know. I mean, you just right. meet some crazy person who wants to go to the gym all the time and, you know. Yeah, Mark. Makes you go to the gym <laughs> and work out every day. Yes. 
who's never. that? She sounds fucking delightful. <laughs> <laughs> you <just> never know. <laughs> Let's do something fun, fun today. Let's go to the gym. Yay. Oh, my gosh. She sounds like so much fun. I totally be your best friend. I bet she likes to eat. Does she like to eat? I'd totally be yes. your friend. <laughs> I mean, that's the only reason why you go to the gym so much is so you could eat. Duh. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That's how I justify it. Otherwise, it doesn't sound fun. <laughs> no. The eating part does, but not the gym part. <laughs> yes. yes. Exactly. So if you want a, a easy way to go meet people, I know that the Spouses Club out here, they break off into, like, groups of them. There's groups of them that you can do, that you can, you know, be a part of that, you know, do fun activities. You know, you can go, they go snorkeling or they go they have like a true hiking. crime get together yeah there's Say hiking what? yeah they, have you a can, true crime one? they do they have a true crime group where you can discuss a they pick a some topic and they'll listen to like a podcast or read a book and um and then they'll what? get together within like a week or something like that and um talk about I it so i do that here i should organize that here so how do you join your spouse's club? If you don't know anything about your spouse's club, you can either, you can probably find it on Facebook. If you're in any of those spouses groups, um, according, you know, which, whatever base you're at, you can probably find it there. Or you can go to your family resource office. It's called something different with every branch. Um, Airmen and Family Readiness Center is what I know for Air Force. And then they have similar stuff for Navy, Coast Guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marines and Army. So check them out because they'll definitely have the resources and the information for you right there since it is a base thing. Yeah, you'll find out information on how to meet. You Typically, your first meeting will be, like, free. You won't have to pay, like, the membership dues right away. You can go try it out and see how it works for you. And then they just ask for an annual fee. Like, it, it could be a you know, like 20 bucks for the year. It could be upwards of like $40 for the year. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not too terrible. And it goes to like good things. It keeps the, the club running and it keeps right. them able to do the things that they can do. And so I think they do really good things. They like donate it to like some of the squadrons, right? Like if the squadrons or units come to them, like they can give them some of that money, right? For like an event. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think if you can ask specifically and they're able to, you know, do the fundraising and stuff, I think, you know, they can support certain um, specific units and squadrons mm-hmm. to help them out with that, too. Um, again, like the charity work. So I do think they do some really good stuff. Um, you know, yeah. I, I feel like it's probably getting better than when <laughs> I first learned about spouses clubs. Yeah. Um, because before, back in the day, when they weren't all, enlist- all combined, it yeah, was, it yes, was enlisted. Separated. Yeah, it was enlisted in officers. And um, even then, like, that wasn't a big deal. Um, you know, that some of those wives just felt better than others. But um, mm-hmm. just being in the spouses club, I thought, was really fun at first because I was like, cool, I'm a part of a group. And I got to participate in, you know, fun things like, you know, a dorm potluck. They had a dorm potluck every month that I could do, help them out with. And, you know, a meeting every month. And we got to do different, you know, themed differently. And so it was always something fun. But, um. Right. Like you actually felt like you were doing something for the community. Yeah. That's what I thought at first. And then mm. it got to the point of like people were so clicky like you had mentioned in the very beginning it's like (laughs) people already had their friends and you're there especially if you're new trying to make a friend Mm -hmm. and these wives were just not into it they were not having it it were yeah it wasn't it wasn't a fun time i'll tell you i went to probably three meetings and then i was done because i was like i don't want to be treated like an outsider Uh anymore and so i those are my opinions on it because i had a terrible time with them maybe they're better i know i see the spouses club out here and they do a lot of cool things and i 
think about joining it. I don't know for sure because I don't, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's hard. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I have never been part of the spouses club, probably for the same reason that I, um, that you just said that you didn't or didn't go through with it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, for that reason, uh, so I, I don't really have any experience with them. I can just tell you with like the key spouses, when I first came into the key spouse program, I was really excited because I was like, oh, I'm going to meet new, new people from, um, different, uh, units from my, or different shops from my husband's squadron and as well as different squadrons. Right. So yeah. we would go, I would go to like the monthly meetings and it was really clicky within like the, the people that were in in the squadron and I was like we we're all part of the same squadron it was really clicky and they'd be like oh blah blah something something on the group chat and I was like I'm not part of that group chat like nobody added me and then I would like speak up to ask a question or something and they'd look at me like I was stupid so I felt really put off by it and then um I approached the commander's wife about it and I said I just uh was like I feel like I'm not very welcome when I come to the meetings like like things have already been established and she's like, just give it some time. Some of these people will be PCSing and just give it some time. She's like, I think you have potential. I think you're you're going to be good at this. You're very people friendly and whatever. And so I stayed. I didn't want to. I was going to quit. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And so I stayed and then it got better. People left and we had some new faces come in and I think I was very welcoming and I'm friends with all of the all of the girls. It's all girls that, that do it. Um, I'm friend with all of them, friends with all of them, and I um, we talk every few months. Right now, it's been hard because of COVID, not being able to do our monthly meetings. But we still keep in touch, and when we see each other, we say hi or whatever. So I, I don't know, but the spouses club, I think it's a good organization. Like I said, they they make all they do all these fundraisers, and then they give it back to the community and have events and stuff, which is really neat. Yeah, um, I, I feel like you just can't avoid the clicks anywhere you go. No, you just can't. It's, no, it's true, and and like you said too, it's it's sometimes it's just to deal with like the people. Some of the people that are there are just toxic type of people. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate. We all, I mean, throughout our whole lives growing up, we always deal with, you know, people who are, we're not, we don't get along with. And I mean, that's just part of life. That's who, you know, you're not going to be friends with everyone. So right. yeah, that is the thing. It's like, you can't let, you know, a couple people stop you from doing something that could be really fun yeah. um, or stop you from going, you know, being a part of something so mm-hmm. I know that I should try more because every place is different and there's new people and you know mm-hmm. hopefully it could it just gets better and so don't let our complaints stop you from <laughs> yeah no definitely not it's a good way to network I think yeah. it's a, if you're new go join these clubs you never know you might meet your next best friend there like a lifelong mm-hmm. friend or you might you know realize who you actually are in these types of scenarios if they are clicky as like can you thrive in that type of environment or or is it just really not for you and like you you know remove yourself from that kind of environment anyways um I always say like I'm really aggressive with my friendship like if I if I see something in you I will try to be your friend and I will be aggressive about it (laughs) sorry but, you know, it's it worked for me because I always counted on or depended on Kyle to make friends for us from the fire department. And I was like, I can't do that. I can't do yeah. that anymore. Like, I have to, yeah. you know, make friends somewhere else. I love having my fire department family. I absolutely love it because um, it's like we can um, we can connect on that level. That's like we all know what we're going through. But it's like I also like to have friends from other areas, you know, that – aren't part of the fire department family it's like maybe i don't want to see your face every day but i always, i saw maybe i saw jen's face every day <laughs> you did you saw my face yeah. every day yeah so and i did that without the spouses club but yeah. the spouses club is a great way for that kind of stuff too so just don't be too put off by it yes um and don't become one of them yeah one of them one of the, yeah just you know <laughs> Be friendly to everybody. Just be nice. Like Veronica always says, just be nice, please. Just be nice. Yeah. 
and know that your personality might not fit in with everybody else's personality right. personality likings and that's okay as long as you stay true to yourself and that's all you can do really it is mm-hmm. beautiful words veronica thank you well, thank you that's so what i do that's what me and mark do because mark was shunned oh, poor, mark. <laughs> poor, poor mark in his lumberjack days i know it's okay it's okay save the turtles yeah so just try it out if it's something you want to do try it out see see if it works you just Mm -hmm. you never know if it's too much for you you can step away but um spouses clubs are they do good things they really do Mm -hmm. and if you don't want to be a part of it you can still help out in other ways participating in their fundraisers and whatnot so yeah there are ways Get inv- I definitely recommend getting involved. Um, yeah. I in anything in uh, on base is really fun uh, to be part of some sort of community. I know a lot of uh, these spouses just will not have anything to do with anything military related, um, and it really bums me out. Especially being overseas, it's like you could have all these opportunities to make wonderful lifelong friends on base. And we all know that the military is a small world. You never know if you're going to be, you know, stationed together again. So if you make all right. these connections with each other, I don't know. I always, Like I said, I get bummed out when there's people that don't want to interact in anything. And they're just content living, you know, without having, I don't know. It's it's weird to me. I've always tried to be involved. That's just, that's just my personality. And I find it weird if you don't, I guess. And I guess for people that <laughs> don't don't get involved they find me weird that's okay yeah yeah that's okay yeah cool jen it works yep that's all i got that's all i got for today well that was great i like that i like all that information my my watch is telling me to breathe because apparently it was not breathing oh yeah. every time yeah every time it makes any noise or sound or vibration i'm just like ah what is, what is kyle saying now <laughs> hopeful <sighs> hopeful but not yet. I hope you guys up. hear something soon. Honestly, you just, you need it. You need to know. I know. I don't have any patience right now for this anymore. Like, I'm so anxious. I'm not sleeping well at night because I just keep having all these stupid dreams. The other day I had a dream that we went somewhere and I forgot all of our passports. Mm-mm. And that is that. so nerve-wracking, right? And it's just like, yeah. when I go somewhere, when we would go on trips, it's I would check on my passport make sure it was in my purse like five million times three times at least on our way to the airport or the train station or wherever every single time and it's like make sure they're not expired and all that so it's scary it is yeah it is it's the unknown it sucks it's what we have to deal with that we say every time but still going through it just sucks yes yeah yeah and now i have like um so our no fee passport i think expires in september and I'm just like, I hope we're still okay. I mean, we're more than six months out before it expires. But it's like, what if we get pushed back even more? And now we have to wait for the no-fee passport. What's going to happen? Yeah. What's going to happen? Oh, there's so uh, much. I know. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's just something that's, it's a little bump in the road right now and everything will kind of smooth out here soon. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't think I could take it Wishful anymore. thinking. Oh, my gosh, yeah. It was just, uh, I don't think I could take another night without sleeping. I know. I ju- I'm sleeping, but I'm not sleeping very well just because I keep waking up. And this morning, Kyle woke up, and he's like, oh, I didn't sleep very well. And I was like, if you tell yourself that you did sleep good, you can trick your body into believing that you slept good. And he didn't answer me back. And I was like, it's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's what I do I have to just yeah. chug that pre-workout Veronica it'll yeah. get you through the day feed myself coffee enough coffee and tell myself I look pretty and I'll be okay mm-hmm. even though they're lies to the There's mirror so many lies Veronica, so many lies you look, you look pretty lies it tells me back look <laughs> at the bags under your eyes look at the gray hairs on your head look at you you <laughs> disgust me (laughs) 
And then I just smile back at my reflection. And I'm like, it's okay. And I walk out. There you and go. And I choke down those tears, Jen. Just push it down. Chug my coffee and pre-workout. And we're good to go. And then you're good. Day's ready. You're so ready for the day. Yeah. <laughs> So if anybody, any of our listeners have any suggestions, comments, complaints, stories, anything they want to share with us that want that would like for us to uh, share on the podcast, you can do so or send us your stuff, you know, just whatever, to defendisplaining at gmail.com or leave us a comment on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And again, don't forget to rate us five stars on your listening platforms or subscribe and share. Please share with your fellow dependas. Thank you guys for listening today and for everything. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Jen wants to go to bed, so she's going to say bye. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm getting a little tired, people. Yeah, so make sure you go get at us if you want and rate, subscribe. Please just help so much. And find us on Milso Muster. Again, they have that Secret Santa going on and... There's a ton on the actual app, too, that you just, you have to go get on, discover it. It's awesome. Nilsa Muster. And with that, it's time for Nighty Night for Jenny Bye. So, Good night, um, yeah, wherever you go, there, there you, you are. are. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.